Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 139. Hey, Matt's here with B Pimp. B Pimp, how's it going with you? It's going good. 39, Jeremy Grant, we're briefly boring. <laughs> is he. So he's going to play for the Blazers. Yeah, I like that. Which is an interesting move for them. I, I appreciate that the Blazers are actually, it seems like still trying to go for it. Yeah, they're like retooling. Yeah, I wasn't sure after like uh, trading McCollum if they were going to be doing that or not. But yeah, it totally seems like they are. I think they could be, well, they're not going to be top tier, but they could be in the playoffs. <laughs> I just hope they try with Dame and not just trade him away. So, yeah, we'll see how, go, how well it goes. Yeah, Dame is one of my favorite players. Yeah, he's awesome. He's still, his three that he made to win that game and then he waves by before oh. he even hit. Oh, the best. It was, that was the best. That was it such was. like just an iconic playoff moment. Yeah. Um, I hope he has a few more of those. Uh, all right, for this episode, before we jump into your whiskey and the story behind it, we are we are talking about basketball, baseball, who knows what sports we're talking about here, but we are talking about uh, the best ever play-by-play announcers. And I I should refresh, re, re uh, what am I trying to say here? Rephrase. Rephrase, thank you. Uh, I should subway refresh that rephrasement, <laughs> but it's... It's not the best play-by-play announcers. Look, B-Pimp and I, I am a barely 23 years old. B-Pimp, you're only even 22. We haven't been around forever, so we haven't seen every play-by-play announcer. We're young whippersnappers. We really are. So these are really our favorite play-by-play yes. announcers. Okay, so you know, don't come at us with a, you forgot this guy who called Celtics games in 1950. I was like, yeah, okay. Relax. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that person. <laughs> Go back to Boston. Leave us alone. Go back to Boston. <laughs> um, but I'm killing it with accents lately. I don't know if our listeners have noticed. You're like that guy from Police Academy. You just can Im- imitate anyone. <laughs> yeah. um, he should have been a play-by-play announcer. Yeah, it's just oh, sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we're talking about our favorite play-by-play announcers. And I know everybody's, you know, who watches, listens to sports at all has them. So uh, I think this will be really fun to go through. Yeah, I love, I'm an announcer fan big time. Totally. It makes such a difference. It, uh, it makes such a difference to just like the experience of a game. Yeah. And we're thinking about doing color commentators. And then I think we should maybe do like a worst announcers. Ooh, yes. Oh, this could be a whole series. I like it. The announcer series. Yeah. All right. So before we get into that, though, uh, what whiskey do you think you got for us today? I got this fancy little tasting thing. Ooh. You can see it. it's a box that opens to have three bottles. And it's got all the notes about it. But that's for your benefit. But this is for the listeners. My lovely wife, Lisa, just got back from a about 10-day European trip. She went to Scotland, Aberdeen, the very north part of Scotland and then took a boat to the Shetland islands, which is like 12 hours to get up there. Holy crap. Um, and then, huh? How slow is that boat? <laughs> it must've been pretty slow, but she said she got seasick and like couldn't sleep the whole time. And it was like wow. awful, <laughs> but the Shetland islands were amazing. She said it was like, it's so far North that it was like super light out, you know, most of the night they get like very little nighttime. Um, I threw her off, but she got me. She also then after that went to Ireland um, and 
visited this place called the Powers Court Distillery, which is not just like this huge estate. They have a unbelievable looking golf course and then they make whiskey. I was like, that sounds like where I need to be. Yeah. I just need to go there. No, I would be there for the rest of my life. I'd be like Howard Hughes. I would, I would just live there. Perfect. Um, But she, being the lovely woman that she has brought me this three pack, which I'm going to do one today. Um, and then it's three of their whiskeys. And then she also brought me another bottle of Glendalock whiskey, which we've had a version of on the show before, but she got me a different one. That's only available in Ireland. Whoa. And I'm pumped. Yes. So we had, that's what we have to come in the future. Um, but I think today, it's called, this is called the Trilogy Irish Whiskey Miniature Pack. So it's three tiny bottles. And I think today I'm going to go with their premium blend, mm. which is not to be confused with the Comedy Central stand-up comedy show. This is a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I still don't quite get the difference. <laughs> yeah, do you want me to explain a little bit more in detail? Yeah, sort of. One so has Jim, a show. One has Jim Brewer on it. Uh-huh. And one does it, which is what I have in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim Brewer. Yeah. They, I don't know why I, I got targeted for an advertisement for Joe Rogan's show that had a brief clip of Jim Brewer on it. And it was like, it's a 10 second clip that's supposed to entice me to watch the show. And it was the dumbest, least funny thing I have ever seen. There's, there's something wrong with the algorithm they have on you, apparently. Way off. I will continue my streak of never having listened to Joe Rogan show. Yeah, same here. God. What a... If you want to listen to a podcast, you're listening to the right one. Don't go give yeah. Joe Rogan any clicks. Um, okay. So, you are drinking Premium Blend, the show. I'm drinking the show, Jim- Premium Blend. I've got Jim Brewer in this bottle. And, and how? what percentage of Jim Brewer is it? Well, this one, the, the one I'm picking today is um, a 40% alcohol by volume, so 80 proof. And it's for Cullen. All three of them are under the name of for Cullen, but this is the blend. The other two are like single malts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the notes they have on this, the exqui- this exquisite Irish whiskey represents the blending together of carefully selected casks of aged malt and grain whiskeys. Mellowed by time in a soft Irish climate, Tones of citrus and vanilla emerge from grain, malt, and oak. And they have tasting notes. So they say the nose will be sweet vanilla, citrus, honey, spice, almonds, candy, orange, and oak. I'm going to see if I can smell any of this. They also say tasting should be smooth, crisp, grain, combinations of malt, caramel, fruit, and sweetness. And the finish is long-lasting sweet vanilla and toasted oak. Okay. Uh, I'm curious. How are you going to be drinking it? I'm going to drink it neat. Straight out of the bottle? I, actually, I should do that, but I do have Lisa's, the glass Lisa got me as well. So this is all provided by Lisa. Wow. Way to go, Lisa. That sounds like an awesome trip. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Some of the pictures she sent me, it's just like unreal. And I can't wait. We're going to go back because I want to go with her and experience some of the golf they have yeah. there. So That would be cool. All right, so let's see if I can smell anything of what they're saying. You can tell the color is, it's pretty light. You can see the bottom of the glass there, pouring a nice little, mm-hmm. little taste, about half the bottle. And 
very light, which I would expect for an Irish whiskey. Yeah, quite light. My nose is not educated enough to really pull out exactly what they're what they're talking about, but but you can still does. tell the difference between whether it's a TV show or a whiskey. That is true. That's the whiskey sessions promise. Okay. Um, yeah, I can definitely tell that this is not the show, but I can smell it. I can smell the vague idea of sweetness and citrus. So there we go. That's good. I love that's the pull quote. Vague idea. <laughs> yeah. Put it that's on the <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna contact them. Um, and now I'm gonna take a sip of it. I like that you got it neat. Very pure. Ooh. Wow, that is not what I'm expecting when I think Irish whiskey. Oh. What is, uh, what's some of the difference there? Well, to, you know, as I say that, I don't, we've had a lot of experience back in our college party animal days. We used to drink Irish whiskey. You know, a lot of the bars we went to were purported to be Irish bars. And I just, I feel like maybe I either did shots or had it mixed or on the rocks. But I would expect an Irish whiskey not to have as much of the sweetness that they're advertising here because I think of it more as like more as neutral tasting for some reason. Like I always like them, but I never associate it with that. And this definitely has that finish that they're talking about where it's like vanilla. It's like a warm coating vanilla finish that lasts for a while. So this is probably just really high quality and I'm not, you know, I like Tullamore Dew, which I think is a, is a good quality Irish whiskey. Jameson makes good stuff. Bushmills. Like those are not terrible, but I be, I believe this is like a higher end distillery and it's, you know, I get comparable complexity to some of the bourbons and other types of like more mature types of whiskey that we usually try to drink or, or darker types of whiskey. So it's very interesting, especially given how light in color it was. Yeah. So, I mean that you can tell that was a very positive first sip. Let's see what the second sip brings. I dare you to give the boot to all of the whiskey that Lisa picked up for you. <laughs> I'm going to disappoint you. And after two sips, it's got to be on the smooth train. It's too good. Right. It's just unbelievably good. Yeah, it's not on a, a rocky 12-hour boat ride. It is on the smooth train. That's absolutely right. She's so far. This is the least. Um, the other two are age 10 and 14 years. So, I mean, I, I'm probably going to be in for a big treat here. That's in the nice. upcoming episodes. It's always good if you start with a good whiskey and then think it's going to go up from there. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I, I hope our listeners next time they go to Ireland, go ahead and pick that up. Yeah. And I also, I will, I did not research this beforehand, but I will find out if it's distributed here. I don't think any of them are, but I'll see if it is. Cause I want to get more of it already. So definitely. Uh, all right. We got to get to our, our favorite play-by-play announcers. And yeah, again, this is a fun list to go through. For you, BPM, were you thinking any particular sport that you started with or you just went all over the place? I went all over the place. I do think that my list will be basketball heavy. And, and it, it, just because I, I watched the most between like the NBA and college, I think I just watched the most of that sport. Mm-hmm. And I have the most like positive associations with a few basketball announcers, but I went, I went and looked around everywhere, including golf. So. All right. Uh, Okay. Without further ado, then let's get into it. These are our favorite play by play announcers of all time. 
than four, less than six. It's the top five. Okay, my number five, you might appreciate this. The White Sox own Jason Benetti. Hey, all right. I think what I like about Jason is, I hate to say this, but it's just, it's just refreshing after, I, I like the White Sox. I mean, out of the two teams uh, in Chicago when I was there, I preferred the White Sox to the Cubs. I'd go to both games, whatever. But I found White Sox games kind of grating to watch because of Hawk. Yeah. And Understatement. He, he's one of the few, well, he's not one of the few, but he's like, he was always not only a super homer, which isn't, I don't want my play-by-play announcer to be a super homer, but he was also a super homer in a very, like, negative, like, sense. Like, it, it just came through in the way he talked. Yeah, caustic. Like, any color commentator that he ever had so to have Jason Benetti was just so refreshing. He's so knowledgeable, uh, smooth voice, and it's just funny. Funny uh, works really well with um, with Steve Stone. Stone Pony, and they're a great combo. And yeah. uh, it just yeah, he's great. I think. And what's nice, he's like I think he's like a year older than I am. So hopefully he's around for a while. Yeah. He's Homewood, Homewood Flossmore High School graduate, too, so he's a local. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's great. Um, and, you know, I mean, the White Sox are one thing. Hopefully they get rid of LaRusso at some point. But, like, watching the games and hearing those voices doesn't uh, detract from the experience at all. Absolutely. Uh, who's your number five? My number five is the excitable Gus Johnson. Ooh, I like it. I love Gus Johnson. He makes me so like, he gets me into it when he does, he does NFL games. He does college football, college basketball. Anytime I see him on the broadcast, I'm like, I'm ready. Let's go. Um, I want to give a shout out to, he did a few games with Aqib Tlaib, the former quarterback, and they were awesome together. It was like very relaxed, very high energy. Um, the worst thing you could be as an announcer is boring. That's why Drew Brees is already gone from announcing. Cause he was so, he was like watching paint dry, listening mm-hmm. to him, try to announce a game. So you need excitement. Gus Johnson has some like iconic calls. He's just great. Yeah. Uh, no, great call out there. I, I wasn't thinking about Gus Johnson. I really feel like I probably should have put him as an honorable mention at the very least. Uh, my number four is kind of speaking of that Gus Johnson versatility, all the same sports you mentioned, plus uh, often like the Olympics. But I got to give it up for Mike Tirico. All right. Um, I just, I really like his voice and I like his cadence and uh, he's, it seems like he can do anything. He does, yeah, he's a hardworking man. That's for sure. You see him all over the place. I feel like my list does reward versatility a little bit. So does my next entry. But uh, yeah, I really like Mike Tirico. I, I could listen to him sum up Olympic going on all day long. <laughs> That's a good compliment. Uh, all right. Who's your number four? My number four is the not recently retired Marv Albert. Ooh. I, I'll admit Marv Albert should be probably on my list, but he's on my honorable man. He just had like, a, he was a unique voice. His, his way of delivering um, the way he covered basketball was, I mean, in his later years, it was rough, but 
for a long time, he was just really solid and really good at, at announcing a basketball game. He just had that, like the way of, I don't know how to sum it up better than when somebody would make a shot and then he would, you would just hear a pause and then you'd hear and the foul. It was just like the way he would say that stuff. It was like, that's Marv Albert. That's the only thing. Marv Albert to me is Pippin for three. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's great. It's like a lot of sentence fragments, but it's just yeah. really good. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, my number three is calls a little bit less than it used to, kind of like Marv, but um, I, I kind of viewed in the same lens when I was growing up and watching basketball, and that's Bob Costas, who also has done some Olympics. Uh, and I think he has got just like a great voice for basketball as well. Super sharp. Um, my the only thing I didn't like about Bob Costas is I still in my brain remember him saying ahead of the 1996 finals between the Bulls and the Sonics he said I forget what he said he said something like before the finals even started like this will be the most lopsided finals of like all time like the Sonics won 64 games they're not like some schlub team that just like fell into the finals yeah so I hold that against him, but I think he's got a great voice. I don't remember him doing that, but that's so off base. Cause like I, as a Bulls fan was like, I very worried about the Sonics that year. So I don't think that was, I mean, I was 10. So what the hell that I know, but yeah. still, yeah. Bob Costas is good. Yeah. He's really good. Uh, who's your number three? My number three basketball, mainly basketball. Um, Kevin Harlan, just, just the best voice. Kevin Harlan has a great voice. He's high on my honorable mentions for sure. I love the way he calls a game. And he's, and he's another one who I think, I think an underrated skill for a play-by-play announcer is the ability to get along with a lot of different types of partners Mm -hmm. when you're announcing. And he's, you never, I never, I'm like, Oh, there is a problem with chemistry between you. He may not, he may hate some of the guys he works with, but you never would be able to tell with Kevin Harlan, which is pretty impressive because he has to work with like Reggie Miller. Yeah, Reggie Miller is rough. I appreciate Reggie Miller. Listening to him more in the playoffs, I do appreciate his passion because he's very into it. But it's just, I don't know. Something about the way he calls a game I don't like at all. Yeah, I, like, I don't quite hate him as much as other people, but I do find his voice like can be pretty grating. Yeah. And I, I kudos to Kevin Harlan for, for sitting through that. It's yeah. kind of funny because I, I feel like of the two of... You have like TNT, who has... Uh, an NBA contract, and then you have the ESPN ABC combo. Like TNT by far has the better halftime and post game show with, with Barkley mm-hmm. uh, and that group. But then I think they actually have the worst in, not the worst, but I think a- ESPN ABC has better in game announcers. But Kevin Harlan is good. Yeah, Kevin Harlan's great. Uh, all right. We are on. You're number two, right? My number two. Uh, the Giants, San Francisco Giants own. He also called ESPN baseball games for probably like 20 years. Uh, but give me the voice of John Miller. I love it. Honorable mention for me. Love, love John Miller. I Growing up as a kid, one of my strongest memories when I was the most into baseball is Sunday Night Baseball with John Miller. Just unbelievable. He He also has just like... You hear like Joe Buck do a baseball game and I want to scream because he just doesn't have the right voice for it. But like John Miller is, I mean, I praise these other people's versatility. John Miller is very much baseball and is perfectly baseball. 
That is, is exactly the tone of voice I want to hear for a baseball game. He gets excited, not too excited, very knowledgeable, kind of got an old schooly wisdom to him. It's just the pacing is just right. You have yeah. got to have a different pacing for baseball than you do for basketball. Um, and he's just great. I, he's I born to do that. that. I can still like tune into Giants games and like hear that voice. Yeah, I'm jealous of that. Yeah, I, great voice. Uh, all right, who's your number two? My number two, speaking of been around for a long time, Al Michaels. Ooh, good one. Yeah, Al Michaels is still good. Um, he does, he recently was doing Sunday Night Football with Chris Collinsworth. Now I believe he went to Amazon. Um, so he's going to be the Amazon lead announcer, um, uh, play-by-play announcer. I thought for he their, was like working in a factory or something. Or yeah, he's, 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 at a, he's at an Amazon shipping facility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that, but it's just funny to think of Al Michaels doing that. Um, no, he, he's going to be the lead. I think they got a boatload of money from Amazon for their exclusive Thursday night football games this year, but um, I don't know. Just a great. That's funny. Huh? I follow. I, changing. Yeah, they are. Especially NFL announcers are going to be, everybody's at a different place next year. Um, but he's just like, he's great now at doing football, but he did a lot of stuff back in the day that I wasn't even aware of. And when I was researching this, there was a lot of lists that had clips, links to YouTube clips. And his call when the U.S. won the beat the Russians in the Miracle on Ice, he's the one who like said, do you believe in miracles when they won? And he just had this like, Iconic. yeah, just like such passion. And that's when I really can appreciate, you know, they're into it. They're into the game. They can convey that. It's not contrived. It's like that is what that's like the perfect accompaniment for those big moments. Great call. Um, all right. My number one. And I always knew it was going to be my number one. And I felt spoiled as a child. And I, I don't think this is a homer pick because I actually do think he is this good, even though it's a homer pick. But I, again, I, I mentioned I felt spoiled growing up, getting to hear this as my play-by-play voice. But Kevin Calabro is, I just think, the best of the best. He, of course, was the Sonics play-by-play uh, announcer all the way up until they left. Uh, and then he's had a couple of stints with the Portland Trailblazers. He's also done some national games, both on radio and TV here and there. Uh, but his voice, he is so fast. He doesn't miss a thing. He has the greatest sayings. And he comes up with the best nicknames for players. Uh, like he had a part in both naming the Rain Man and the Glove. And frankly, that's what... Basketball is like missing some of that now. Like, how is Kevin Durant's nickname KD? How lazy is that? It is. I that that actually drives me nuts. Lazy nicknames. That's another top five yeah. thing to do. You need more people like Kevin Calabro. Somebody should have just said, Kevin, sit sit in a room for a couple hours. You come up with nicknames for all these guys. You could have done it. Yeah. And have way better names. Because yeah. NBA player nicknames now are like terrible. They don't even exist. They just call people by their first name. Especially if it's like a unique name, like Kyrie or Ring or something, they just yeah, yeah, it's not even a nickname. Yeah, they should call him the, you know, the worst, <laughs> the worst, <laughs> the Kyrie, the worst, sir. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, he is awesome. I just love to hear his voice. I get so excited, like if uh, 
like it's it's happened where he was like doing a radio telecast that I didn't realize he was going to be on. I'm like, fuck yes, Kevin Calabro. I am listening to whatever this game is. Maybe I don't even care who's playing. <laughs> yeah, just that voice. Yeah, I have to throw in here. It's out of context, but I forgot to mention it when I talked about Kevin Harlan because you reminded me with like the sayings. Mm-hmm. His call of there was like I don't remember exactly what year, but LeBron James early in his career was in the playoffs against the Celtics. And it was like kind of a close game. I think it might have been the first year that they like really went deep in the playoffs or something. And he just had this unbelievable drive where he shook a guy with like an inside out crossover and just threw this like nasty tomahawk down. And Kevin Harlan just his his response to it was LeBron James with no regard for human life. <laughs> I just think it's like the craziest call because like why would you think to say that? But it's just perfect for the moment. Yeah, uh, Kevin Clara would say things like getting up on that magic carpet ride every time Kemp had a dunk or flying chickens in the barnyard, like, just like <laughs> wild things that were just yeah. awesome. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, who's your number one? My number one is, so, it's so interesting because I had no Chicago specific broadcasters on my list, which was not intentional. Like I used to like even Wayne Larravee when he would do Bulls games. Like we had, you know, now Adam and me, I'm not a huge fan of, but we did have some good, um, like Tom Dore was the Bulls play-by-play guy when I was growing up and he was fine. But I just really think there's undoubtedly one person I've ever heard who's just the best at this job and it's Vin Scully. And he was the Dodgers baseball play-by-play guy for, I mean, back to Brooklyn. Like just like unbelievable at his job, always worked solo covered a nine inning game or covered a full baseball game by himself. And it never felt like there was anything out of place. It was just perfect. Whenever you'd see him hear him call a game. That is like, I really haven't heard many of his games. So I couldn't put him on my list, but I did know he was one of the last people that like ever did it solo, which to me yeah. is like crazy to think about now. Yeah. I mean, he knew exists the like couple of innings that like Hawk Harrelson would disappear. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you would get mad about an umpire decision? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that I mean, and to do it as long as you did. There's a skill in knowing like when you just need to say nothing and let like the noise of whatever sport you're covering tell the story and then when to interject. It's just like he had the perfect instincts combined with his like skills. Totally. Well, great pick. You have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I had a couple. Um, I really like Ian Eagle. He does football and basketball, and he does radio and TV, and he's always great. I um, no, he did football. Yeah, he does. He does NFL, and he's yeah. really good. He's good. Uh, he does the Nets, I think, normally, but also national games, right? Yeah, anytime. That's another one. He does a lot of college basketball, too, with Bill Raftery, which is an unbelievably great combo. We'll talk more about him a lot if we do color commentators. But um, also Jim Nance, who – Mostly because of golf. He has a really good way of covering golf. I'm not super into his other sports stuff, but I like his golf commentary. John Miller, who we talked about. And then I wanted to give a special inclusion here to Lisa Byington, who is one of the first people, one of the first women I've heard do play-by-play regularly, who I immediately knew was just awesome at it. And I believe last year she got hired by the Bucks as their permanent play-by-play and might be either the first or second. Um, female play-by-play for an NBA team, and she's she's fantastic. She worked for the Big Ten Network, which is why I heard her most. But okay. she's really good. Yeah, let's check that out. Um, I mean, Maggie's sister uh, lives outside of Milwaukee, 
and actually got a hookup to go to some Bucks games. Not that you would hear the play-by-play announcer at Bucks games, but I was totally jealous. It was like one of my brother-in-law's like old bosses or something has really good Bucks tickets and just doesn't go to the games a bunch and says like, oh, do you want these tickets? I'm like, what the hell? How do I get that hookup? Yeah, I know. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Good call there. I, some of mine, a, 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 a four-pack of uh, current NBA announcers that I like. You mentioned most of them already, but Ian Eagle, Kevin Harlan. I really like Mike Breen. I got to be honest. Hearing him in the finals, I was like, I, I, I really like his bang. Like, he hits a three. Yeah, he's good. I didn't mean to slight Mike Breen by leaving him off. He's good. No, no, I, I, I like him. I also really like who covered games one and two. I think while well, Mike Breen had COVID or something, Mark Jones, who I like his voice a lot. He also is like a killer combo with Doris Burke. They oh yeah, games together a lot. I don't, I don't really know if that's like intentional or not, but they have a really good chemistry together. Yeah, you can tell they're like pals. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, I had Marv Albert, and then. I put one more name in my honorable mentions. Just, I don't know if it's because of the Major League franchise. It's not like I actually listen to Brewers games, but Bob Uecker. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, that's a good call. Can we put fictional? Because I'll put John Candy from Rookie of the Year in there, too, when he played the, when he played yeah. the, the play-by-play guy. No, Bob Uecker is awesome. Yeah. Just a bit outside. <laughs> what I didn't know about Bob Uecker until, like, after I watched those movies is that, like, he was a real play-by-play announcer. I'm like, yeah. wow, he's funny as hell for being, like, an actual play-by-play announcer. I thought he was just genuinely, like, only an actor. No, he's, yeah, he, but he was in, like, WrestleManias, too. Like, early on, he was, like, a guest presenter on screen. He did a lot of stuff, but, yeah, he's great. Yeah, great voice. Uh, all right, folks at home, if you think there's any play-by-play announcers that we forgot about, favorites that you like, go ahead and hit us up on our Twitter feed that's at Whiskey Sessions, or email us, even better, whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. We, of course, spell whiskey with an E. We are civilized people, so that's what we do. Uh, so hit us up there. We'll read your email on a future episode. Uh, but we got to get to the emails for this episode. So let's get to them. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, B-Pimp, what's in the old email inbox? Well, this is an unsigned email, but I think they're a little confused. It says, um, Dear Whiskey Sessions, my favorite documentary movie is that one about the rock and this huge earthquake in California. I can't believe they got all that great footage. San Andreas. Yeah. I, uh, this is, that took place right before we moved here, which was great because it really lowered the housing prices. <laughs> um, but catastrophic. Uh, pretty much everything collapsed. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I don't know how they got that footage either. I would actually like to watch that movie again because I, I think I've actually seen it a couple of times strangely once it was like on an airplane but um yeah there's like a tidal wave that comes through the golden gate bridge and like through the bay yeah and then they all decide to go to the coit tower which is a landmark in san francisco but it's like why would you decide to go there i don't know it's pretty goofy and then of course the movie godzilla the american godzilla movie from 2014 is the same way that takes place in san francisco but they make it look like you can run through the city in any direction in like 10 minutes. Like San Francisco is not that big for a city, but it's still like, well, geez, what are you teleporting? It definitely does not feel that small. I've only been there. I was not there a long time, but I could tell that. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's seven by seven miles, almost exactly. Oh, okay. For a city that's not very big, but uh, still, you can't walk everywhere. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my email says, how on earth could you dopes overlook Religious, the 2008 masterpiece by Bill Maher in your list of best documentaries? He skewers religion in it. Please revise. And this is from Walter in Brookline, Massachusetts. Huh. I gotta say, so I've seen this. And actually, I watched this movie fairly early into dating Maggie. And Maggie was still Catholic-ish. And her family is too. Uh, And I was like, not religious. I wasn't like super explicit about being atheist, but basically am and was. Yeah. Um, Same here. It was her idea to watch this movie. And I just like, we went over to her house in Lombard and I was like, just tell your parents this wasn't my idea to watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to be associated with this. I remember I have a few. I'm not into this anymore. I went through a phase where I wanted to read like some of the atheist authors and stuff. So I'm like, God is not great or whatever. But I had them on my bookshelf. And I remember Lisa being like, I don't know if you should leave those out. If, like some of my family comes over. I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's just books. I also have Black Sabbath books and Carl Sagan. Yeah. Um, but we watched this movie and I got to say, I'm not sure what I thought about Bill Maher in 2008. I mean, now I think he can go fuck himself. I don't care. But like, agreed. In 2008, I was less opinionated. But I watched this movie, and what struck me about it mostly was just how like feeble it was. Yeah, there's. I never actually watched it, but that's what I heard. There's nothing profound in it, and he talks to a bunch of different like kind of kooky people. So he's not even like skewering any like these are all like fringe people that he's talking to somebody who's pretending to be Jesus, somebody who is like a trucker. Like it's not, it's not hard hitting in any way. Um, and then he has this like really weird climactic scene that is totally unearned about how dangerous religion is. And you can think of that or whatever, but it was just, I finished the movie and I was like, ugh, I don't want to be like that. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah, it sucked. It's just, it, yeah, it's like a show. There, it, like, I respect the belief. Like, I do think that in some ways that some of the stuff he talks about is true. It's just he's so bad at conveying it. And he, like, goes way too far with, like, almost everything. Yeah. Um, so I did not forget about that movie. I remember that movie, and it was not going anywhere close to my top five list. Nope. It might be if we ever do worst documentaries, maybe that it would compete for that. We should do a list that's a combination worst documentaries and worst play-by-play announcers. <laughs> it's like there's no rhyme or reason as to how we do the top five list. If we here's the but the danger of that is if we actually had a double dip in that list, it might break like space. Oh, it would break everything. My yeah. microphone would like explode. Yeah, it would cause like a, a rupture in the Yeah. It'd be like world. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Which I just watched. It was okay. Okay. It was I still haven't seen it. But not like amazing. Uh, okay. I think that's all we got. That's it. Do you have any words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? Um, fuck off Bill Maher. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Fuck off Bill Maher. Also, Joe yeah. Rogan. 
Both yeah, oh, fuck all the way off, Joe Rogan. Yeah. That's what I'm going to leave you with. <laughs> <laughs> all right, until next time, this is Amen saying peace out. Be pimp saying bye.